Hello folks, Tyler here. We're looking to do a big surge on iTunes. We really want to push the old iTunes, you know, get us up the charts a bit, because I know you lot are lovely and supporting all over. Um, so if you fancy it, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, make sure to leave a five-star review and a couple of lovely words as well, just to, uh, you know, help us up a bit more and get that extra bit of support. Thank you very much. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good. Hello and welcome to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback, where we look through the dizzying highs, the terrifying lows, and the creamy middles of The Simpsons seasons 1 to 12 through random episode generation. I'm, of course, your host, Tyler McCrane. Joining me is a Cal Reader. Now, Cal, um, I can't really think of a sturdy little intro here other than, like, you know, it's all sort of bleeding together now. Lockdown, life, work got so bored that i've invested in a game called a uh, house flipper so i get to live out my <laughs> homes under the hammer fantasy there and wiring stuff and clean up there so really emulating uh, such a middle class life there how are you <laughs> i'm good man i'm good i've uh gone back to the thing what i never thought i would um when i back in halloween if uh some of the listeners may remember it got posted in the group chat i actually dressed as ned flanders Quite possibly the greatest uh, cosplay costume I've ever done. Yeah, it's very it, method. Very method. It's very, very method. I shaved a mustache, and I, I never live it down to the point where, like, to the, somebody at work when, um, yeah, has anybody seen a Ned Flanders guy? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've shaved to a tash again. But I'm looking less uh, Ned Flanders, unfortunately, since the the mass the quarantine haircut but apart from that i'm doing good my friend i'm doing nice. good what is on your games list is house flipper on your must buys uh not very high if i'm honest yeah <laughs> um it's it I, games like that i tend to like play very quickly and then get a bit, like i'm like oh my god you can do all these amazing things it's like wait what that's it's fucking end game stuff i don't want to do that i just want it now <laughs> and I, I just kind of bounce around different games and shit like that um I, I do enjoy dumb little... I've been, I've been playing Cluster Truck, which is very... It's just like... You know when you're a kid and you were watching... You're on a long car journey, you look out the window and you see someone kind of like jump up and down oh, different yeah, cars and stuff that. like that. Yeah. yeah. Which is great. The mad thing about that is it's it's like... It kind of goes towards the idea that we're all the oneness and we're all part of the same consciousness, mm. being that we all made it up without actually like... <laughs> looking for, you know talking about it i guess um so yeah that game's similar kind of kind of that kind of thing you've just got like jump on loads of different trucks um and then a load of different like my my friend pedro quite a good game as well a little bit of a shooter platform um and then a little bit of smash on an emulator we're ready to blast off into this one folks because the episode ah. yeah thank you and the episode we're looking for today is deep space homer from Season 5, Episode 15, directed by Carlos Baeza, written by David Merkin, with original air date being February the 24th, 1994. And the family all run in to see a big fat guy in there we'll try and squeeze in on the end. Now, um, we're in potential top 10 territory here, Cal, um, if I'm right to say there. I want your nostalgia of this, memories, because I'm like myself, I'm sure you rank this very highly. Definitely, it's one of those classic Simpsons episodes where even people who've never seen Simpsons know of this episode. Um, I thought you were going to ask me what you know what my earliest memories of this episode. Honestly, I can't remember. It's it's oh, one of those what's just so ingrained. I can't remember the first time I watched it. I remember it being great. Um, the, the the various memes in this episode as well, which mm. I'm sure we'll get to it. Um, a bit of a personal touch on, uh, on on bits of it as well. In, uh, not so much I've been to space, which I don't think I have. Um, but there's a few bits and little squabble stories I can, I'm sure I can pull out of the thin air. But what about yourself? Uh, myself, I can't remember watching this very early, but I always remember catching it on Channel Four when it was um, well, it would have been brand new to me in that. But um, I mean, there's so many memorable moments and memorable memes, and we'll get into because um, Matt Groening's very um. He's in two minds about this episode as far as it's uh, too unrealistic and that, which we'll delve into deeper. But, I mean, 
you don't even have to ignore it because it's just a genuinely funny great story there i mean you're living within a cartoon well partially cartoon realm there so you can stretch it a bit definitely i think partially potentially this is probably one of the earlier episodes where kind of the simpsons potentially jumped the shark a little bit i guess um but it's it but it but because it's so well wrote and and you know the jokes are quite funny um i was reading some of the trivia uh before uh, before we came on and they were saying that they didn't want it to go a bit daft so then they cut away quite a few of the jokes kind of thing um, which kind of made NASA or NASA, or however they pronounce it in this, in this episode, it's a bit of a weird. I don't know if it's more of a copy, copyright thing because um, they pronounce it a bit weird, or if it's just an American thing, maybe. Um, they originally wanted them to all be idiots like Homer, um, yeah, and then kind of died them down and stuff like that, made it more of a family story. But still, definitely a, a classic episode. How we kick off this classic is it's the Worker of the Week award, so. All the you know power plant drones are trudging their way to the car park there, and they're going through the self scanner there. And there's you know clean, clean, pistol, Uzi, two kids and an adult, and oh look, there's Homer there, <clears throat> like the primordial man. And did you catch the? Hey, Homer. <laughs> did you catch the little, <laughs> the little ape noise as well? I was trying to I, I was trying to watch out for which one was the little the two kids pretending to be an adult one. I think it's the one with the mustache, or he's in a hoodie. I think actually. Yeah, they're in a big Mac and your little fellow's got a Mac on as well, yeah. And they're busy, you know, just congregating in the car park there and letting Carl going back saying, you know, oh, what's the point of these? You know, everyone's, you know, gets one eventually except for, and then just like that, Homer's coming in, hello, and he goes, I know I'm going to win this week. And um, he's making sure. And why would Homer win this week in particular, Cal? Well, it says in the employee handbook, doesn't it, that uh, every employee must win it at least once, um, regardless of ineptitude, obesity, and odour. <laughs> and that rank odour as well, so he's a definite shoe-in. And we have um, Burns coming in. He's only a few seconds, folks, that we're going to see him in this episode, but, you know, make sure you give him an awed hush. Now, this always passed me as a kid, why they made that... <gasps> But like, yeah. actually knowing what being in awe is like, there just yeah, it just always seems to get me now. Just knowing, <laughs> knowing like, I, please do this to him. Yeah, I agree. I think especially the uh, earlier part of the episode, it's very much um, uh, uh, that and the bit a little bit later on where Homer says, "I'll show you an adamant." Um, that bit always used to just fly over my head a little bit. Um, yeah, uh, well, they stop animating him. He is inanimate there, and they just like he's there quickly for like minutes, turning into hours as the as the sun goes down. There, we have Burns coming out making a very dictatorial speech. You know, shiny new donkey for some. To, if you bring me the head of Colonel Montoya, <laughs> Smithers quickly saving him. Oh, by that I mean it's the Worker of the Week award. I think that is that a reference to. Um... It's a Sam Peckinpah movie. Um, about right. um, bringing the dictator's head in a South American country, but I can't think of me what the um, film was. But I know it's from a uh, Peck and Paul movie, one of his directions. What were you going to say before? So, I'll, no, I'll, I'll keep my little personal dig Ooh. a little bit later. It's time for the Worker of the Week award. I can't believe we've overlooked this week's winner for so very, very long. We simply could not function without his tireless efforts. Sue, a round of applause for this inanimate carbon rod. Inanimate, huh? I'll show him inanimate. Everyone give it up for, and a big pause, this inanimate carbon rod there. And um, I believe, uh, Cal, we've reviewed Lemon of Troy, and now this episode, so now the lemon and the rod and our little... um, logo there within our random episode generally we can cross them off next it will be the uh chili the habanero then it'll be a full house i believe yeah that is one of my favorite episodes that one the habanero one okay so have you ever won employed a month or anything like that i got it once whilst working in a gastro pub but it was kind of a gimme because a lot of people had 
left because the management was being shite. So it was just kind of a distraction. We'll give it to the special kid. That's how I felt. <laughs> <laughs> Any experience like that for yourself? Uh, have I fuck? I remember. So this is where it's a personal problem with me. Ooh. Is in my previous job, um, or one of the jobs a couple a while back. How it used to be is the person who won it last month got to choose it this month. Oh, and obviously, okay. to make it fair, you couldn't um, say, for example, if I voted you, you couldn't then vote for me back. You'd no, have to no. skip a term before you go through. And it had literally gone round everyone. And this guy had ended up getting it twice. Uh, he was a very good, good at his job. We always used to joke around and shit like that. And we have quite a lot of fun. And I never won it. And I remember one time I was certain, oh, if anyone's going to give it me, it's going to be Kyle this time. You know, he's, uh, we, we, you know, we talk all the time, and you know, we have a we have a good laugh on shift, and you know, we became um, like BMs, which uh, which 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 were kind of like shift runners kind of thing. We, uh, we raised up together and all this stuff. It's going to be great. And I was like, Homer, ready to lean in, ready. To, and he goes, and I'm, I'd like, you know, this person has been look, he's literally like that. He's like, he's been looked over so many times. I'm surprised he's not got it before. He does so much, and you know, he's funny and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, oh, guys, ready to stand up. And it's Jack. And I was just like, ah. <laughs> okay. And I think that's probably when when the drinking started, if I'm honest, Tyler, because you know. <laughs> Did you have to do your best I... uh, Oscar face when you're in the fourth screen? <laughs> you've got to give the nice polite clap. Well, I told him after. I was like, I was certain you were going to give it to you. He's like, no. Oh, I didn't think you cared about any of this stuff. I was like, do you understand? I'm a middle child. All I want is fucking recognition for everything. Posh bitch. And then somebody in my new job, sorry, you know, Let's fuck this episode. <laughs> it's just going <laughs> to be an hour and a half. I remember once, because they do this other thing at my current job, which is like, best recognition where it's, it, they don't really do it in employee minimums like people will get recognised for like things they've done good or if like a customer says they've done well or whatever um, and there was this one where it, they were complaining and complaining they kept on calling up about this thing and one of the people who deals with the investments majority um, she's notoriously she can be a bit, bit of a cow to certain people and a bit like you know the type of people where you might have seen his feet where it's just like I don't know who's co-worker needs to hear this but you're not the manager um, oh one of those ones yeah yeah she was always, she's always always has always has been very lovely to me and we've I've got a very time for her and I, was mo I was about to go to the other side of the office because at the time there's like an airlock there's like the left -hand side and then there's an airlock and then there's um, like the admin side I was going through there and she goes oh no I need you actually um, I've got this one investments they're, they're like getting yelled at by this person, blah, 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 blah. You've said um, we can't do anything. We can't, we actually can. And I went, no, we can't. I mean, what do you mean? I went, he keeps on filling in the wrong form. That's why we can't do all. Was, what do you mean? Like, I showed her specifically. Oh, yeah, thank you. Oh, cheers. You've, you've saved me a lot of a headache there. Goes back to investments. Next minute, next month, email goes round. A special thanks to Nicole for helping this investments out. Oh. Has been filling in the things, and I was just like, oh, "Excuse that. me, fucking gets paid four grand more than me and takes fucking credit for it." What the fuck? <laughs> Disgusting. I very almost cried in sorry, the shower. I'm sorry to bring all this trauma to you from this. Uh... <laughs> Inanimate carbon rod. <laughs> <laughs> and then another one now. Homer's now given out at home, you know, it's a goddamn popularity contest there. It is. I'm with Homer here. They're all agreeing, oh, well, we respect you, honey, there, but, you know, but, oh, go on, keep dreaming there, homeboy. And he writes, insert brain here. And they all have a nice little laugh at him, but Homer's getting more frustrated and confused, you know. Oh, you know, well, what's happening? What's on my head? I want to see. I want to see. And then he starts going into his little whoop, 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 sort of round on the floor. And then the family laughs. Zoidberg noise. Yeah. And then it just gets like sadder and sadder. And the family just look really <laughs> disappointed <laughs> in there. Now, Cal, away from um, the heartbreak of no recognition, um, more sweetly and more innocently, um, is your niece ever drawn on your head or on your body there, wanting to be quite creative? Uh, no, not really. Being I am a balding man, I've actually got surprising a lot amount of hair um more so with my brother who went bald a lot younger than 
uh, me. He went. He started going bald about seventeen or eighteen. Um, it's potentially one of the worst things I've ever done to someone. Where he's ten years. So to put into perspective, he's ten years older than me. So at the time when he was seventeen, eighteen, going bald, um, which as a thick-haired man, you won't understand the social pressure what you get. And then you know what what people don't realise, especially until they finally start doing the shave, which it's only took like a fucking world pandemic for me to take that jump is you actually look a lot better when you when you when you kind of embrace it and like go into the curve kind of thing um but it was around the time I, where and it is a very hard thing for uh, for any person um when you start losing their hair is they try and hold on to it best they can oh yeah but, i've seen those hairlines but, I've got yeah and one thing my brother used to do was he used to ask me and my two sisters um, the how you know how big is his bald patch, and it was only if you if you literally do the you know the OK symbol yes. uh, with your fingers, um, it'd only be about that big if that. But we would do massive fucking loops to the point where we gave him such a condition where we would be sat down watching TV and all of a sudden you'd hear a camera shutter. And he'd look over and he'd be like leaning over, taking a picture of his bald patch and taking a look at his phone. He'd look on his phone and he'd have maybe 40, 50 pictures a week of his of his bald patch. Oh, it no. made him so subconscious about so it. Gave him a complex. <laughs> it. We gave him a mental complex, yeah. But, you know, things happen. <laughs> <laughs> He's fine. You know, he, he doesn't shit on the walls anymore and he stopped crying in the shower. But... <laughs> Positive swings around about. Yeah, exactly. You haven't got siblings, you don't know what it's like. Homer's busy trying to cheer himself up there with TV, you know, laughs with him and not at him, but straight away he just, this random ginger ad man just pointing and giving him this stupid, <laughs> but he quickly switches the channel and there's a, you know, a boring NASA space launch there with um like a Tom Brokaw type. For those of you who don't know who Tom Brokaw is, legendary... um you know, news reporter there. Um, he was used in, he gets used in Family Guy a lot. Um, like the roving gang of Tom Brokaw's and they've all got crowbars. Looks like someone's a little lost. I just, I really like the, I just find the voice funny. I mean, you sh I know you shouldn't laugh at like accents and lisps and that, that but I just like the way he just pronounces his um, L's and R's like, oh, a statistician, a different kind of statistician. And we mean that legitimately as, um, they're going to test them, um, what, the effects of tiny screws in space. Such a riveting cause, Cal. See, I, I read some, there's an interesting video on, uh, on YouTube on why they, they don't really do it much over here. Um, the news anchors over here have to kind of speak in like the, the Queen's English kind of thing. Make yeah. sure it's all understandable and then kind of the growth of, uh, of uh, like regional TV kind of got rid of that a bit. But one of the reasons why, for example, completely off topic, but um, why a lot of people expect British people to speak like, oh, yes, yes, what, what, and all that stuff, mm. is because back in the war, all, uh, especially like the RAF and stuff like that, where they, where they saw it as more of a higher class thing, it was actually, when it first came out, seen as more of like a working class kind of um, army, kind of like armed force kind of thing. So a lot of them were actually northerners and, and things like that. But because a lot of the dandy boys and southerners and stuff um, were actors, they uh, they were the actors who were in the films and such. And that's why that stereotypical kind of idea of that, that voice and accent uh, goes through into America and, and, and such. Now, with the news anchor, the classic news anchor uh, thing, it was kind of seen as a... Uh, um, they they wanted it to be wherever you are in the in the US, you'll be able to understand exactly why it is. So that's why they always sound like this. Next on, Futurama podcast. And with the received pronunciation as well, with the war and that, yeah, they gifted a lot of um, a lot more roles and that to the you know the southern dandies and what have you, because you know Jim from Bolton with his accents, you know, not gonna get anywhere. Apparently, he's not gonna appeal to our audience but it's how it, it, it is crazy it's, 
I'm sure there's quite a few good studies out there. For example, like why we think the vampire people sound like that is because one guy was from Romania. First guy, Boris. Mm. Uh, what was his name? Boris Karloff. Karloff, yeah. And then pirates. We think pirates were all for the Bristolians and speak like mm. this. It's because that's what the actor first sounded like. Bart even comes in. Uh, he's about to change the channel with Homer, but you know, oh no, the batteries, but thankfully they managed to panic and Homer can't quite get the batteries in, but Bart makes a save. He pulls the plug and, whew, that's it. Um, Now, what are you pulling the plug on as far as uh, TV, Carol? What's your, you know, oh no, the batteries moment. Do you have a moment like that? <laughs> um, Other than your typical, you know, Big Bang, Mrs. Brown's. Uh, Loose Women, that's a big one. Absolutely oh, okay. spies. Do you not like you like loose women? That no, shit no, is I horrible. Tell you what, man. I don't mind this morning, but this m- loose women yeah. is, is a lot of faff. I, I don't mind uh, this morning, but I'm not a fan of you know your genuine daytime talk shows. I watch like the oh I'm married to a ghost and the mad stuff and Gino De Campo. Yeah, but not so much loose women. The mad stuff is what brings it, you know, brings it together. You, there's a, there's a viral clip of um, Gino De Campo, or Gino Sheffield De Campo, because he's the most Italian person in the world to the point where um, a comedian made him legally change his name, middle name to Sheffield, because people just assume that he's not actually Italian because mm. he speaks with that such of a thick accent kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, this one where he says, "If do you know, it's, if it had like ham in it." Oh. <laughs> it's oh, no. it's closer. Oh, no. It's closer to a British carbonara. Oh no! It is. No, that's true. Oh well, nice. well you... I'm glad you're standing there. Do you there. agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean. If my grandmother had wheels, she would have been a bike. <laughs> you know what? You know. <laughs> you know what? You know, it doesn't make any sense what you said. It's a different recipe. It's got nothing to do with uh, macaroni cheese. You know. At least women. It's just. Four or five ridiculously opinionated people, obviously women, but you know that's that regardless of the fact that the women doesn't come up with how much tribe they come up with, they're all nasty, nasty human beings, excuses of human beings, and I, I, yeah, I'd pay a lot of money just to cancel that show forever. It's just horrible. It's like five Pierce Morgans, but the. They're all as stupid as each other. It's it's, it's painful. Well, don't worry, um, Carol, because Jane McDonald's got um Channel Five wrapped around the little finger. You know how many times <laughs> she's got Gone Cruise and all a night with. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> Channel Five. It has good films, but the rest of it, it's just. I think it knows it's a shitty show because it just does like listicle episodes and stuff like that. It's a like hundred greatest oh, candy bars. Oh and... no, I won't have you diss like the nation's favourite crisp or. Can't pay, we'll take it away. <laughs> Classic hangover viewing, I'll have you know. So we have, um, you know, NASA. You know, they're reacting to, you know, the latest uh, viewing figures there. And they were knocked off by, you know, oh, Chony, Connie Chung Christmas there. How dare they? So they've got all the top scientists and what have you, and network execs saying, you know, people aren't interested in space travel anymore. You know, we need something new. Can anyone come up with ideas? And, um... One of them says, oh, you know, why don't we tell them the truth? You know, all the chimps we sent up into space has t- come back um, super smart. And we t- have a little chimp just turn around in a suit, very Bond-like, and, no, I don't think we'll be telling them that. And then he just... <laughs> and then he just um, chimps off, he skates off, and there's just one bowfell going like, what the fuck was that? Now, I've mentioned it. <laughs> I feel like I keep mentioning wrestling, your previous work experiences, Carl, and Monkey News. I think this is the third Monkey News reference I'm bringing up here. There, so there's going to be an obligatory clip from one of my little moments there. But that's all I could think of. What did you think of this very ludicrous gag? It comes to the launch day. Monkeys, monkeys sat in there. Uh, everyone's ready. Bananas are stocked up and all the rest of it. They go right. Hit the green button. Right, and the rocket goes off and what have you. No, they would not make the monkey launch the rocket. Carl, so, you are you are living in a, so, a cartoon world. So the rocket goes off, right? This is absolute bollocks. It's all going well. You are, you, I mean, I don't know it's what all, you're going to... It's, it's not going well. Going There's well. no way a monkey launched it's a going, rocket. There's no way a monkey launched a rocket, so you it's idiot. It's all going on, so they're going, hit the left button, and, it's, and it goes a little the bit left. left button? Right, oh, so, well, no, 
Houston spacecraft command. This is Houston. Hit the left button. Oh, brilliant. This is what happened in Apollo 13. Hit the left button. So it, you it, are, oh, it you goes are. left. Yeah, it goes left. So it goes left. And it's, it's going away. Left! It's it going goes up. left! It, it, it's very funny. It's... Uh, Kind of runs me into um, like Futurama kind of territory a little yeah, bit. Obviously, it's right, before territory yeah. uh, Futurama, but it's because I, I, it is a rumor, isn't it? Like, there's mm. uh, throughout kind of media and such like that. And there's a few other um, obviously big sci-fi references throughout this episode. Um, but Joey's fought, for example, the dog. Uh, what what do you, what cosmonauts put into space? There's a whole. Yeah. They're actually one of them. I can't remember its name. I think it's Spike or something like that. Um, is actually uh, a character in the uh, Marvel universe. It's root. It's um, an Easter egg in Guardians of the Galaxy One, I believe. Is one of the collect uh, things the collector uh, has in its in his collection. Is this dog, which is actually. Uh, it's, it, it's telepathic and can read minds stuff like that so your second in command there says you know uh, the general public sees astronauts you know clean athletic go-getters and hate all that shit you know they prefer the slobs on tv and they switch the tv they've got there in the little office on and we go to you know home improvement type where you know um tim allen's um supercharges riding mo and just <laughs> Reverses back over and kills Winston over the fence. And a very uh, sharp wine here, folks. And looks like it's back to Gerald for me. Cal, do you know Tim Allen um, was in prison? Yeah, for uh, dealing coke. And he snitched on all his <laughs> dealers. Yes, that's why he's um, a legion with the Republicans. And um, that's why he can't vote, folks. So, you know, please rub that in his face. Yeah, up to and close to uh, 1.5 pounds of coke, Cal in 1978 and he only served two years and uh, four months because he snitched on everyone he was six nine <laughs> before six nine have you seen the mugshot it's quite funny actually i haven't no he looks quite coked up it just makes you think like how was he able to get a career after this but he just seemed to go into a bit hide and slump off to the comedy store and just do sets there we also get a nice little uh married with children nod here as well with Peg and Al Bundy there in the classic poses, you know. Peg begging him for sex, and she's like, no Peg. And um, apparently, this was actually used um, quite a few times the um, toilet flushing gag. And the audience would go in a big sort of raucous, sort of hooting and hollering as well, like, oh yeah, he's just did a big fat shit there, and he'd just come out um, buckling his belt there. What, in uh, Married with Kids? Yeah, 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 in Married with Children, uh, yeah. It's quite a common go to. The guy. Because obviously it's a bit before our time, isn't it? Really, um, I know the woman is Katie Siegel. Yeah, uh, from Sons Siegel, of Anarchy who, and Futurama fame. Yeah, um, and the dad was is Jay Pritchett in uh, Modern Family. Isn't yes, he? it's the same guy. You're right. Yeah, she aged a lot better than he did. Oh yeah, like without a doubt, like absolutely <laughs> super milf there. The scientists all agree these are all bloody blue collar slobs there. So yes, that's what we're gonna do, folks. We're gonna find you know our next blue collar slob he's going to be the next uh, go-to astronaut but how are we going to find it you know maybe you know competition or you know tireless effort at the expense of the taxpayer no as destiny would have it and you know as the story needs to kick on there homer just gets the um number for nasa but when the questions he's just shut up and how can i get no tang round here and you know the real selling point hold on a minute and he flushes his toilet as well and they've found their you know the next Voyager. So they have the the private NASA limos pull up to Moe's and they question Homer because he's now pestering Bill Clinton about... So, what... about Tang. Now, what is Tang? I thought he meant like Poontang, kind of like pussy, but then like... I think they're trying to do it both ways. The first one, it seems to be the old drink that was in America. But with Clinton, it's right. clearly a pum-pum joke, especially... um. What he was like. Homer's, you know, being really casual, saying, "Oh no, no, I, I never called Nass. It was a uh, him. You know, he's your man." And he points over to Barney, and um, I tell you what, a nice, um, a nice change here because I thought they were going to go for the obvious, you know, oh weed joke. Because you know, sir, would you like to be higher than you've ever been before? But 
Barney just spells out, be an astronaut? Oh, yeah, sure. And Homer realises, you know, oh, you'll get the recognition and respect from your family. And he's just jumping straight in there, you know, it was me, you know, I have a file, check with the FBI. (laughs) You know, to end the act, you know, we'll just take both from there. And your number two in charge, you've got like a blackjack or your snooker balls and a sock and (laughs) wax them. And yeah, I like the main man in charge there, your general in the green, he even says like, no, you know, I don't think that was necessary. I thought they wanted to be astronauts. Oh, I know. What do you think of this whole first... Oh, I'll tell you what, what do you think of your your gents here, your general and then your number two? Because I really uh, like yeah. your general, especially in this next bit coming up. Definitely. I, I like... Have you watched Space Force? Not Ooh, I want to, but I've heard... It's a bit lacking. I'm still wanting to give it a go though. Is that Steve Carell? Yeah, Williams? it's 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 fine. It's you know it needs another series to kind of sell in, I believe. Oh. Um, but it's it's you know it does the job. It's fine. Um, now there's it the the two main characters, which are Steve Carell and John Key, uh, not John Key, uh, John Malkovich, John Malkovich playing. The scientist character they very much got like the same dynamic of these two characters where like the general steve carroll's character is very like he's a straight man kind of thing whilst the scientist is kind of like the no-nonsense kind of he'll call people out on the bullshit a little bit and oh, yeah. kind of put things in their own thing in a way so i like the dy- dynamic of both of them i think they're very good ca- uh, one-hit characters i don't think there is obviously classic and as memorable as as say like Hank Scorpio or anything like that mm. um, but but yeah I think I think they'd be fine I think the first act it's it's good it kind of you know um, it, I always have an issue of of episodes that um, kind of differ from the beginning towards the end um, I think it I think it flows very naturally personally oh, but yeah. Yeah, I think it's very good. And we're now having the big um, press conference here that led by your uh, general in green. And this, folks, is my favourite part of the episode here. Because it just, um, it starts all well, but like a lot of, um, like some live um, press conferences, it gets a bit awkward. It's got like that E3 uh, energy and it all sort of devolves into madness and a bit of cringe humour as well there. We start off with your man going... Well, you know, we're going to attempt this for the first time. We're going to have a common man on the moon. And they um, reveal Barney and Homer, and they truss them up in these um, apparently blue slob um, clothes there. We've got, like, a barbecue chef outfit for Homer and Barney in a golfer Golf outfit outfit, as well there. Um, And they're just completely dead-eyed. They're like, "Uh, we'll just stay here frozen until we're set otherwise. (laughs) These press conferences... This one is very much like one of Trump's, where he's just like shutting up the shutting up the journalists straight away. Like, are you seriously doing that? Yeah, shut up. Next question. Yes, yes. I am. Shut up. Yeah, um, you know, is this a joke? Um, no, far from it, Jim. We're actually going to put these guys in space, and then, like you said, um, they're backing up. You know, no, really, is this a joke? And a great delivery here. I think this is um might be Castellaneta doing the general's voice, but no, Toby. It's like really labouring the point. It's not a joke, and you know, no more question on whether this is a joke. And half of the hands go down, but you know, there's one other question there. Uh, question for the barbecue chef: Don't you think there is an inherent danger in sending underqualified civilians into space? I'll field this one. The only danger is if they send us to that terrible planet of the apes. Wait a minute, Statue of Liberty. That was our planet. You maniacs! You blew it up! Damn you! Damn you all to hell! <laughs> Thank you, I'm afraid that's all we have time for. Homer's got some balls on me now. I'll feel this one. He just steps up to the mic and goes, Oh, we'll be fine as long as we don't, you know, go to that dreaded planet of the apes. And I mean, I'll play this whole bit there, but. With um, his just reaction and the stupidity of, wait a minute, Statue of Liberty and his realisation and oh, Homer just breaks down and Dan Castellaneta acting his chops off here. You can hear 
um, how loud he's screaming, it just reverberates around the room he was recording in. You can just hear the closed walls as well, yeah. as he just belts out his sobs and his screams. And then in the meantime, like, Barney must have been on the set, he just popped his golf clubs on, you just hear a as he, as he just collapses, so it's gone to utter shit. Can you imagine being there live, just, this man is having a breakdown, and then this other compatriot's just drinking himself to a stupor. Okay, folks, that's all we got time for, and they just kick his arm. Kick his arm under the curtain as well, just, oh, my best scene, Cal, it's fantastic. It's very much like, I said Trump earlier, but how, how much of a car crash they are, it's very much some uh, like, some of the um, press conferences we've had in recent months in the British mm. public, if I don't say so myself, Dominic Cummins and uh, Boris Johnson, the avoidance of every question. <laughs> well, it's fine. They can, you know, get into that big space shuttle, Cal, because they can do their eye test while they're navigating it as well. It's fine. Ha. That'll not be dated when this comes out. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> So your number two there is saying, you know, oh, you know, we'll put you through rigorous training, then we'll decide which one of you two is fit for travel. And, you know, Mr. Gumble, over this course, there'll be absolutely no alcohol consumption. And, um, you know, three or nope, weeks of No only, beer. No beer, you're right. Because, you know, three or weeks with only wine, I'll go mental. And Homer's, you know, he's ready to you know, maybe the best man win, but he's just willingly selling out his friend. And the nice cherry on the top cow as well. Though. I'll meet you in that tree and tell you some more about it like an eight year old it's fantastic we're in the little pop up homes now on the base Homer's with his family there and Bart's saying oh my father the astronaut you know I'm so full of uh, but what's the opposite of shame Cal uh, pride no not quite like that less shame yeah that's it oh he gets a nice little coup from them as well it's brilliant we start the training process here and I mean, I think you've ushered it, uh, you've hinted at it, Cal. This episode goes from strength to strength, from act to act, and um, this little montage we get there of, uh, you know, Barney's getting really trim, he's getting quite shredded and buff as well there, as soon as he knocks off the beer, what you know, winds his go-to now, he's looking good, but what do you think of this whole montage, you know, uh, Homer going into Popeye there, him drinking the saline solution for the breath test. He kind of um, parodies a little bit, I guess. Uh, the, you know, the Rocky and the uh, Eagle fight of uh, Eagle, sorry. Um, of like, you know, one's got freaking massive amazing talents, whilst the other one's just kind of <laughs> boxing in the woods a little bit and just bullshitting his way through it kind of thing. Um, you know, Homer's the everyman. He, he deserves... All the credibility of half ass and everything. We also have, um, you know, with Homer turning into Popeye, and then later um, he goes into Richard Nixon as Nixon, well. Nixon, yeah. Um, yeah, Matt Groening um, absolutely hated these bits because he's of the philosophy that with The Simpsons, he didn't want it to be cartoony at all or to limit it a lot there. I mean, I, I, I tell you, I enjoyed the Richard Nixon one a lot more because it made me think of, you know, Futurama and the old oh, and he's one of my favourites there but I, I didn't have a problem with it do you think it was overly cartoony or did it fit in here? Yeah, I, think, I felt it fit in kind of with a tone, tone of Simpsons like I said, obviously hindsight's a very, hindsight, sorry not hindsight um, hindsight is a beautiful thing and you know, eventually obviously the Simpsons do go a bit more um, weird and a bit, yes. you know jump shot more or less on a weekly basis kind of thing um but you know it kind of fits perfectly really in the, in the episode and the humor it doesn't really drive away from anything we even finish it off with a little um star trek reference as well as the you know fighting in this pit there and you get yeah lovely music score there. 400 quat lose on the winner as well we have uh homer and barney introduced there you know this will be their space companions there the other astronauts there we've got race banyan and one of our um, guests, I guess, probably the main guest as well, um, Buzz Aldrin there, you know, the second man on the moon. Because second comes great after the first. Um, I will say, as much as they write him very, you know, simply, he does a great job here. He does. His delivery is a little bit dry sometimes. And I don't know if it's just because um, I watched it on Disney+. Plus. Um, the audio, it does sound sometimes that like he, he's in a different room kind of thing. Oh, um, I've got that, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so, yeah, so, okay, so it's not, I don't know, maybe something to do with, like, the amount of sound mixing or whatever. Um, but it does, yeah, for someone who's obviously very much not an actor, he does fine. I think it's more because of his plain delivery helps add to the humour, like, um... Yeah. I mean, my favourite line he ever does is, um... Well, I mean, we'll we'll get to it, but it's when he's in the shuttle and they're having to deal with the chips as well. That's one of my favourite lines of this episode. I know the line, um, the second man on the moon, almost as good as the first. Um, they didn't think he'd want to say that, but apparently found it quite funny. No, they thought it'd be disrespectful, but no, he was yeah. he was very game. And Yeah, I think he did bang up job, you're right. All right, Buzz, you know, just call your jets now if that is your real name. Because, you know, there is still the swimsuit competition there. And, you know, there's no swimsuit competition. I'm like, you mean I shave my bikinis on? Bikini nothing? Nothing? So I, I, I don't know. I, I liked it. I didn't mind it. I listened to a few other podcasts and they think this is just sort of a throwaway gag just to get to, you know, the the main part, the main result here. Yeah. I feel it is very much just to fill a gag just mm. to... Uh... But it works. I think it's funny. It's kind of works with Homer's stupidity, really. We have the result now there, you know, in... All right, you're both winners, gentlemen. But, you know, who's the winner in a more accurate way, Cal? Barney. The best bit about it as well is it's a very subtle joke. Because in, in some ways, you're both winners. But in a more realistic way, you're Barney. <laughs> it's, um, he twitches as well when he says it. <laughs> yeah, you see a little, a little grit, bit of grit in his eye there. Um, but, you know, they toast Homer's gracious in defeat and they have a bit of champagne, you know, to the mission. And, um, Cal, it was either this or the conference that got my favourite uh, part of the episode. But this is like A1 for me. Congratulations, Barney. It's very gracious of you, Homer. Please join us in a toast to, to the, the mission. mission. It begins! Give me that! Stop him! Barney, no! No! Barney! No! Barney! I don't understand it. That was non-alcoholic champagne. Because you just see Barney just lose all that hard work as he takes a tiny sip, then a proper sip, then a massive gulp, and, oh, can you give us a delivery on what he says? So it begins. <laughs> And I mean, I think, I mean, I believe this is a meme in itself, but it doesn't get covered nearly as much there. But I believe, like, you know, like um, when a new game comes out, you know, The Last of Us 2 is going to come out there. Or, I mean, they're not going to give us a brand deal, but I won't mention it. But a very um, lovely independent cider company with a girl's name. <laughs> um, yeah, just, it begins when I just begin drinking that. Or if you just overdose on, like, hummus, like myself, just... You can apply it to anything, Cal. That's the absolute magic of it. Like pure indulgence, yeah. like one single sip and he's off the rails. Definitely, I think it is very under. And he's and there's a jetpack. <laughs> They've just got a jetpack lying around. He shoots off. But what happens to Barney is he's on this uh, mad bender. Uh, he flies off, runs out of petrol, goes, hits the roof of a pillow uh, truck, that <laughs> yeah. uh, factory. Sorry, lands on the road and gets run over by what? Um, was it? A tr it's a truck full of marshmallows. It is. Just <laughs> crushing bone on the. <laughs> absolutely realistic. There, this is not cartoon logic. And the weird thing is, you know, they don't understand it. That was not like hard champagne. And so Homer is the winner by default, and he celebrates. You know, two sweetest words in the English language. There, big old dope. Default. 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 I. Uh, to be fair, that. Uh, that say me chatting default has entered my lexicon at a very early stage age, and I I think I did it earlier actually. I, I was like, I won by default, and it's like I'll let you win. It's like, eh, I still win. We're into the final act now, folks, and we open this up with an itchy and scratchy episode there. And um, my God, there's every kind of um, you know, sci-fi reference in this one. Now you get what a bit of Alien, a bit of Star Trek with the music, uh, Space Odyssey. Any more cow within this glorious um, violent manifest? I can think of. I know it's not to do with the itching scratchy, but I know the. Um... Oh, fuck. Give me a sec. I need to go. Yeah. I need to cheat. I need to cheat. You can keep the spin. 
Maybe should sound smarter than I, I am. I don't even watch these episodes, listeners. Johnny Quest, the astronaut oh, race, but right. uh, Banyan is a reference to Johnny Quest. Oh, I did. Uh, you're right. You're right there. So yeah, that was worth it. <laughs> Itchy's, you know, the alien in his stomach. There, he's a chest hugger. There, he just explodes out, eats his own sandwich, then ends up tearing him away from space, cutting him in half, and popping him. That's how we end the episode. And this has never happened before at the end of an itchy scratchy, but you know, just a viewer advisory, you know, this you know, program preceding episode. Yeah, contained extreme violence and should have been viewed by young children. And I've never heard this like great visual of the kids pissing themselves and Homer beads Shitting of sweat. Himself. <laughs> um, deep sweat under the armpit there as well, you know, grey, yeah. you know, his white shirt and that. But I only heard this with um, my proper headphones today. You can actually hear it, tiny little you can squeak. Yeah, yeah, like I'll pop it in here now as well. But I never heard that before, Cal. We get to you know launch night now, and beautiful um direction here by Baeza. I mean, just look at the um, lights and you know the shading of the rocket as well, and obviously the whole um the whole direction, the artistic look of the um, chip sequence as well, which we'll get to, but. Absolutely stunning shots here, especially when they get into space, uh, Cal. Definitely. It's a very beautiful ship. Um, it, it it kind of looks a bit more SpaceX-y, if I'm honest. It's a beautiful design of a uh, ship. It's uh, an Armageddon reference, I believe. Wait, Armageddon was 98. I believe it's one called The Right Stuff, which is one right. of the mid-80s, and Futurama's done it, Simpsons have done it, and it's in every kind of animated sitcom or other sitcoms you can think of there the old the slow, walk. slow walk yeah that's it. yeah um right okay yeah so they do the slow walk and then you know there's the operatic da, da, da. that's something i like take on me um <laughs> but yeah and then the bubble pops quite literally and Herbert <laughs> decides to run away yeah he's a well, he is a coward by nature as well, but he needs a pep talk by Marge, you know. He doesn't think he can go through with this. He's, you know, he just wanted to do it to make Marge proud. And, um, yeah, well, I will say a nice little sweet emotional scene here. As much as it's, you know, stretches the fabric of reality and there's, quote, cartoony moments in here. And, you know, it's by definition a jump the shark kind of episode here, but... As stupid as it is, like, Homer's got so much emotion and memory built up to this traumatic experience of, you know, not meeting Mr. T in the mall there. The entire day I kept saying, I'll go a little later. I'll go a little later. And then when I got there, they told me he just left. And when I asked the mall guy if he would ever come back again, he said he didn't know. Well, I'm never going to let something like that happen again. I'm going into space right now. You just ask a random mall worker as well, but oh, Dan Castle his delivery on, you know, said he didn't know. Just left. Yeah, like that. Um, Just surprising amount of power and, um, you know, raw emotion into this. It's just fantastic. So this spurs homer's on i think that's a very sweet kind of a little bit heart of the episode kind of thing yeah kind of absolutely yeah homer's code name in this is um cargo he's like can we please um sedate cargo before no permission denied what are the other things what are um what are take getting took up in the airship do you remember i believe it's the irs surveillance camera check <laughs> um children's letter to god check and the all-important one you know the ant farm as well which will play into do you know what what does it say on the cargo of the uh letters um, children's letter to God, and then there's something else at the end that I can't remember. Fired out of the airlock. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, just gonna dump. But it I don't think it's. Something. I don't think it specifically says that. But but then there's obviously the IRS. Um, <laughs> the surveillance camera, the big the old thing. camera. Which I think potentially this might have been before the TSA, which obviously actually Ooh, did happen. Yeah. Something's predicted it. Yeah, and they predicted the SpaceX walking to as well, Cal. Get on that shit listicle, yeah. come on. We have the countdown and the very the very simplistic make rocket go now and they just blast off then. This is where we have Homer warping into Nixon here and just a brief excuse to talk about Futurama. Do you have a favourite Nixon moment from Futurama? Um 'cause mine is um 
and when he's rerunning for president and he's using Bender's uh, body that he got body. from the pawn shop and he's singing the Mamas and Papas, feed your yeah. head, I'm meeting you halfway, you stupid heads. <laughs> Uh, I'll be honest, not one comes to mind. Um, he desecrated the flag with Zoeberg. Oh yes, kill him, kill the traitor. We have the whole family, you know, back at the home watching him blast off there. And Lisa coming out with some beautiful poetry. Go there, go! How doth the hero, strong and brave, a celestial path in the heavens pave? <laughs> <laughs> Go, Dad, go. Back at Cape Canaveral now. They're in the control room, you know. This is the highest set of rent yet in, you know, 10, 11 years. Woo! Oh, great. You know, how are the boys doing? I don't know. You know, oh, this is for a TV ratings there. It's got them floating in the air. And we get the beautiful shot of, you know, the shuttle rising through the atmosphere there. And Homer's even commenting, you know, oh, wow, it's so beautiful. Mother of God. Life itself there. But no, he's just looking at a big old bag of chips there. <laughs> Class smuggled on board, guys, there. And, um... Oh, Cobra, no! Cal, please walk us through this. But before you do, I'll just say this is my favourite buzz line where, um... The chips are going everywhere. They'll clog the instruments and... Oh, buzz is on. <laughs> Careful, they're ruffled. And it's a little dramatic hands. But please walk us through, arguably, one of the best animated scenes in Simpsons history. Definitely. Um, it was actually all CG, uh, CG'd as well to make sure the animation looked very clear, which it does. It oh. look, it does look fantastically. Uh, the FPS and such like that is fantastic in it. Um, so Homer decides to open the bag of chips, um, which end up obviously flying everywhere. Um, but obviously says, careful, they're ruffled. Um, Homer ever the lardass. Decides he can actually fix this, starts going flying around um, the spaceship in zero in a very beautifully animated space kind of walk, I guess. Um, the, yeah, the blue to new beautifully scored as well. Damn it! I was trying to I was trying to Google it to try and get it <laughs> so it looks <laughs> smart and cultured, but no. And then Homer, to the shock of both Buzz and. The other, the other astronaut. He um, starts doing quite well, and then famous uh, gets eye of the biggest ship, starts spinning, almost in sync with the uh, with the chip. Starts to eat it, and then accidentally get crashed into the ant farm, which they go protect the queen. Which one is the queen? I'm the queen. No, you're not. You're the queen. <laughs> and then when the makes contact with the glass and smashes it. Says, oh, freedom. Horrible freedom. <laughs> Buzz, you know, with a very important one. You fool. Now we'll never know the if ants can help screw in tiny screws in space there. <laughs> and now we get into, you know, all oh, shit has hit the fan there. There's chips and ants and rage flying everywhere. But it's all right, Cal, because we've got our second guest, um, folk legend James Taylor there. Um, now, apart from I Only Noon for that one um, song, you know, you need a helping hand, that one. Um, yeah. But he's a very big deal there. I mean, are you a fan of himself? Or, like my dad, was your dad a fan of his? No, he's not Not really my type of music. I'm aware of some of the stuff, what he's done. Um, my dad's uh, more into, like, the Smiths mm. and the and Cure and uh, Human League kind of thing. He's more of a synth kind of guy. He is quite a big star. I, 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 I'll, I'll be honest with you, when I was younger, I didn't really know who he was. I knew what the guy who voiced Homer Simpson um, looked like, but I, but I, I, I just assumed it was him for yeah, some reason. Yeah, he does look a bit. Dan Carras, I say. Yeah, but it's quite funny. They actually re recorded the hit specifically for this episode. Yeah, they recorded they these songs live. It's really cool. Yeah, because they blundered the um, and then on on the DVD apparently there's there's uh, the full session. Because um, he blunders the line, don't he? Where it's just crashing to the uh, yeah. Uh, Keeps on with song. What <laughs> so, happens after this, Ty? This kind of leads into well, arguably the... a very memed uh, part of The Simpsons right now. Probably second to when Homer goes into the um, oh yeah yeah into the bush. Ah, thank you for that. But I'll just slightly backtrack because I just found it surreal that um, they didn't record their lines at the same time. That, but I just found it surreal that one guest star in Buzz Aldrin is talking to another guest star in um. 
James Taylor, you know, saying this isn't the time for your bittersweet folk rock. Look, I'm not as you know, chilled out as people think. Sit there and like it, and they're just big old mean sour face, and I'm like, we are absolutely fucked here as helping hand plays in the background. But as Cal, yes, as you so rightly put, um, Kent's covering this. You know, he's covering average, not Homer Simpson, and they cut to the live camera, and because it's a bit fish eye like um. You see all the chips and the boys floating around. And, and the nan floats by the screen, completely zoomed out. And this terrifies everyone, the family, Kent as well. And then they lose the feed. We're just about to get our first pictures from inside the spacecraft with average, not Homer Simpson. And we'd like to... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've just lost the picture, but uh, what we've seen speaks for itself. The Corvair spacecraft has apparently been taken over, conquered, if you will, by a master race of giant space ants. It's difficult to tell from this vantage point whether they will consume the captive Earthman or merely enslave them. One thing is for certain, there is no stopping them. The ants will soon be here. And I, for one, welcome our new insect overlords. I'd like to remind them that as a trusted TV personality, uh, I can be helpful in rounding up others to toil in their underground sugar caves. It's such shit, Housery. He's just completely selling himself out now. <laughs> like, how is that the worst? His mind just goes there. And he's even come up with, like, sketches of what the life's going to be like, you know. I can, you know, help them toil in their underground sugar caves. It's so, just how... It's, it's my favourite part of the episode. It's just so... Mm. It, it, it's just so weak. <laughs> like, I'll quickly just turns on the human race and then just tries and like weasels his way back into it later, uh, later on in the episode. Mm. Uh, it's fantastic. This, see, this is what I like about Ken Brockman. I know I always say um, Wiggins, yeah, my yeah. favorite kind of tertiary character, but it's just how kind of like the worst anchorman in the world he is kind of thing and like how he argues with guests all the time and you know. he's self-interested he's got his own agenda he makes it exactly. oh, he's just perfect character there he's like a, a likeable pierce morgan it's fantastic mm. and we have marge with a nice punchline here as well Ah, oh, don't worry kids he even turns maggie's head away from the potential horror don't worry kids i'm sure your dad's gonna be fine but lisa's cutting through it's like what are you basing that off mom who wants ginger snaps? Just change, change the situation. Um, I'm guessing you must have done this with your niece now, like saying, oh no, it's not a boo-boo there. And then, look, dangling keys, a distraction, quick. <laughs> yeah, it's her favourite thing at the moment, it's chocolate, or, and it probably will be for the rest of her life. Um, usually when, when, obviously before lockdown and stuff like that, when my sister would be, would be coming up to go to work, um, she, we would have to distract her and go into a room, like take her into a different room and stuff like that. And it, obviously, when she's little, when she's little, little, and she doesn't really understand what's going on, it's fine. But when she started becoming more kind of like sentient kind of thing and sort of understood what was going on, it got a little bit harder. And like a few times when there's been like babysitting, like just me, me and my dad have just been babysitting her. Um, and we're kind of useless with her a little bit, me not as much as him. Um, throw my dad under the fucking bus but just after father's day as well but um she, if she's sad or whatever like we just don't know what to do it's just like uh, and she once came up and she like went to the door and then opened because we've got like a hallway opened the door towards the front door and was just like where's my mummy and then turned around sort of like big lip and we were like uh, uh -huh. chocolate <laughs> <laughs> do you want chocolate yeah okay cool but it still works because it's quite She's quite funny in a moment because she's quite sassy and her conversations come along really well. And it'll get to the point where she'll just kind of be like, um, I hate everything. I, do, I don't like this. I don't like this. And you go, what, do you, do you like this? No, I don't like that. Do you like this? No, I don't like that. Do you like chalk chalk? Ah, ah. Yeah, go on then. <laughs> the ants are now clogging up the instruments there. They're starting to short circuit the shuttle. And um, James has come up with a little idea and a concept there, you know. We're at Martha's Vineyard there with Art Garfunkel and all the other folk boys. And we, you know, we created a vacuum and blew the ants right out the front door there. But I guess you high-tech NASA types um, <laughs> aren't interested in that. And then number two's about to hit him with the bully again. But 
Um, great line from the general. Wait a minute, this unkempt youngster, forty-four-year-old at the time, James Taylor, he's got the idea we just need. See, this is where. So it's a very good episode, but it just speeds up very quickly now, and just wraps it up super yeah, quickly. But to finish it there, you're right. Yeah, definitely, and like obviously, you know, it goes back to the classic. Everything's back back to being uh, okie dokie or I think but this is probably one of my favourite lines old Buzz Aldrin was it's like make door blasters go now (laughs) 3 2 1 make rocket go now 3 2 1 make hatch blow now again it's just very overly simple make rocket ship go now make door hatch blow now and just little button press and it all goes out there in the vacuum Uh, Homer thinks to save but takes the seatbelt almost gets Void and dead into the desolate vacuum of space, but holds on to the door handle, gets ripped off. Ray Spanion saves him, but he realizes they're absolutely doomed. They're going to fry up on re entry, so Race is going to, you know, beat the shit out of him eight ways from Sunday. You know, if you take me to hell, I'm coming with you. Homer's <laughs> just going to, fuck it, yeah, nothing to lose, so wait a minute. I'm not going to hit you with my fists. I'm going to reinforce the fact I'm a coward. Rip this bar off and cave your head in, but no, um, it gets stuck, cow, doesn't it? It does. It gets. I don't think it's a coward. He just needs help with the, the angry man. There's nothing wrong with throwing dirt in the eyes and fighting dirty. You know, there's no such thing as fighting dirty in space, man. No one can hear you scream. <laughs> oh, but lovely. Ah, uh, thank you. Smooth. I know. I think what made it smoother is the fact that we've stopped to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah, he gets jammed in the door, in the door, uh, jammed in the dr- door. There we go. English, I speak it. And Homer tries to <laughs> tries to unclog it to keep on beating on. Uh... Buzz says the rational thing, you know, maybe if it holds, you know, we might make it back safely. Homer's slightly cottoning on, but no, just completely for I'll bash your head good. and just. I will cave your fucking head in, Banyan. Just <laughs> haven't wrestle him in zero G. It's oh, beautifully timed. We're back to a uh, Kent Brockman and his shit housery ways, Cal. Um, what's going to happen with the ants and the sugar caves? He he kind of realizes he may have jumped the gun a little bit too quickly, um, and apologizes. Well, this reporter was possibly a little hasty earlier. We'd like to. Reaffirm his allegiance to this country and its human president. May not be perfect, but it's still the best government we have. For now. Hmm? Oh, yes. Uh, by the way, the spacecraft still in extreme danger. May not make it back attempting risky reentry. Blah, 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 blah. We'll see you after the movie. He even takes down a little hail ants. Uh, <laughs> and he coasts over the fact that, you know, uh, you know, da, 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 it seems unsafe. Might burn up on reentry. Blah, blah, blah. We'll see you after the movie. <laughs> Please ignore his incompetence. But it's fine. The boys are, you know, hurtling into the stratosphere, the atmosphere, the hemisphere, every kind of sphere, back home. And the boys are trying, I think the humming, maybe glory, glory, hallelujah. I couldn't pick up on the tune. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Yeah. Um, or is it, or is it the Star Spangled Banner? Yes, I feel like it might be that or something more American. Yeah, They're trying to concentrate, it. brace for the impact, but Homer's singing the Golden Grahams jingle there. Now, I liked it, but I think my favourite one he's ever done is either your Meow Mix when he's in the court, or I don't know, you know what, my personal favourite <laughs> is, that... is Can't Get Enough of That Sugar Crisp. That's that trail, so all is right. That... Is that a meow 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 That's the one. Lisa's, again, we're cutting back to the family, back and forth, back and forth, and Lisa, oh, come on, Dad, do it. And, again, a lot of cutting through the shit in this. Grandpa being quite mad. Oh, of course he's going to make it. It's TV. TV. Like, this is going to conveniently wrap. It's fine. The shuttle crash lands. It is safe, but it's right into the news report convention, and your Tom Brokaw types there saying, Oh, how did you lock the door? And, oh, it was Homer Simpson. Buzz really bigging up his new pal Homer, saying, oh, it was all Homer Simpson. He used this to jimmy the door closed, and all the reporters are, oh, what's that? It's an inanimate carbon rod. And Homer raises his fists quite proudly, and they get a photo. 
But it's only a photo of the bloody rod again, isn't it, Cal? <laughs> There's a really weird scream in this. Where is it? it sounds yeah, kind of it sounds alien. like a camera going, or it's a woman, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I always found it, thought it sounded very alien, or uh, I don't know why. But yeah, and then the um, the rod gets a a braid. Uh, Homer says, "Switch it off." And he's like, "It's soon enough for this." And he goes, "Well, you still a hero for us." Yeah, um, we're about to get close up to the rod there. It ends quite nicely with a reference to. Uh, what's it called? Oh, in space. I want to say, yeah. two thousand one. I said it first. I win. Um, before you get, yeah, before you get to the reference, now we finish it. I will say, yeah. forgive the pun. I'm glad they didn't spell out that like um, Bart's regained, um, you know, his respect for his dad there, because he just says, "Oh well, you know, he, he knows how I feel," and then he just yeah. see hero on the back, and it's nice and it's subtle there. I mean, you talk about golden era there, and um. Yeah. yeah, this is peak for me as he throws the pen up in the air. And there's a reference to uh, Space Odyssey with the Star Child, uh, which the Fox satellite hits baby Space Homer in the head. And then the credits roll, and that's how we end this episode, folks. Um, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I can see why this is some people's absolute favourite and a lot of people's uh, you know, top 10, top 15, what have you. So, Cal, I would love to have your final thoughts and then your own unique rating please yeah i think it is it's definitely a strong episode it's one of the classics really um it and it, the fact that it does actually get referenced in later episodes as well um yes. the, fa- the the famous frank grimes episode is probably one of my favorites um and, and there's another episode i don't know it may be after the series 12 i can't remember um, and Homer's listing all the jobs of what he's had. Um, obviously, it gets brought up there as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's very, it's classic. It's funny. The pacing is very well as well. It speeds up a little bit towards the end, but obviously they needed to kind of end it somehow. Um, overall, I'd probably give it a four point five carbonate rods out of five. What about you? Right, that's a perfect store. Uh, well put for me. I mean, it's just fantastic. This is a very strong episode. There, I mean, from start to finish, um, I can't really pick out many fours apart from maybe one naff gag with the bikini zone and what have you there. Um, but I really like the general. Homer's just fantastic. Dan Castellaneta acts up a storm in this. Barney steals the show as well for whenever he's in it there. You get the nice little bit of emotion that's just well placed there before he goes into space. Um, Buzz Aldrin, surprisingly good in that role he's put in. He knows his place and he executed it very well. Um, and with that all being said, I'm going to go the whole hog. I'm going five out of five. Um, five out of five um, insect overlords. Get ready to set up a daycare centre whilst throwing away your own children's love. Yes, that's right, because we're going to season 12 with the children of the Lesser Clod. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star written review on iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast, and the same on Twitter as well, at TylerTMC, or search Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast. Take care, folks. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, good, good. Mmm, sounds good.